leading him back over to his corner. Rocky can hardly find his way. He's never come up. He's sitting down now. Your nose is broke. How's it look? That's an improvement. I want you to quit shucking and jiving. I want you to stick and move. Go for the ribs. Don't let that bastard breathe. The guy's great. He doesn't know it's a damn show. He thinks it's a damn fight. Finish this bum and let's go home. gets a supremely rare chance to fight the world heavyweight champion in a bout in which he strives to go the distance for his self-respect. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Extras and Epilogues. The theater is open, and tonight we are talking about that boxing classic, one of the greatest boxing films of all time, The Great White Hype, starring Samuel L. Jackson, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> No, no, hey, 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 we're talking about Rocky, hey, Adrian, hey, all right, so <laughs> we're not going to do that because for the first 20 minutes before the show, we just sat here back That's and all forth, we just did. going, hey, hey, just, it was like when we watched the movie separately, like there was a hose that was being kinked up and as soon as yeah. we got on, you just let it hey, go, Adrian, hey, 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 poorly, you know, <laughs> One of the most quotable, hey, uh, I think it's one of the most quotable films of all time. Not because anybody remembers any of the quotes, but just because they go, hey, hey, hey. Right, you just do Stallone. Like, this was, like this was the, world's, yeah. the world's introduction to Stallone, basically. Hey. So, yeah, of course you have to. So, hey. my name is Shannon Young. I'm going to be your host for Extras and Epilogues tonight. Of course, with me, we have my co-host, uh, Mr. Hunter Hendricks. Hey, call me Buttkiss for tonight. <laughs> Buttkiss, Hey. <laughs> And also joining us tonight is uh, a special object, a bar. <laughs> you get some mileage out of that one. I think it's just the two of us because no one else has seen Rocky and probably yes. don't have an interest in seeing Rocky, which is a shame because it's a classic. Yeah. It's a classic. Yeah. So, so uh, this is um, the second episode of Extras and Epilogues in the new year. You know, last week uh, we covered the uh, supreme breening, Neil Breen's classic Faithful Findings. And we had um, to get that out of our, we, that taste out we, of our mouths. Well, that's that's the thing. This this month was dedicated, or is meant to be dedicated to, it's it's new year, new views. So it's stuff that we either, we, we at least one of us has not seen Um that we feel like we should have, right? You, a lot of people have at least that one movie on their list where they go, how in the world have I never seen this? This is a classic. Everyone tells me it's great and I've never seen it. And the more I think about it, the more I feel like there are a bunch of them. But um, I'm in the midst of, I mentioned last week, reading uh, a great book by Nick DeSemlian, who, who wrote Wildly Crazy Guys about the 80s comedy boom. Uh, this book is called The Last Action Heroes, and this is the 80s action boom. It's the same concept, um, just instead of covering, you know, Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi, and, and Chevy Chase and, uh, uh, those guys, it's instead Stallone and Schwarzenegger and uh, Dolph Lundgren and Jackie right. Chan. And, yeah. Yeah. So the the book opens with a chapter about Stallone and, and getting Rocky made because this is, again, really his introduction to the world. And I, as I'm reading it, I'm going, this sounds amazing. Why have I never seen this movie? Yeah. To my horror, then realizing that there are a grand total of, if I'm counting correctly, 62. six Rocky movies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 62. Shit. I'm oh, close. God. Hold on. Uh, <clears throat> Uh-oh. Hold on for what? No, we're good. I just Pause I, for I, what? I still had the audio set to uh <laughs> oh, okay. to circle. So um, I, was... I I probably sound a little bit weird there in the beginning, but it should different. be okay now. Yeah. 
Should be okay. I was I was worried that was a hold on. I haven't been recording this. No, no, time. no. We're, hey, 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 hey. hey. On, so hey, there's six Rocky movies. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Uh, there's six Rocky movies. There's three Creed movies. Uh, of the nine, I've seen two, and the two that I've seen are the first two Creeds, which <laughs> I thought were great. But I, I distinctly remember as watch as I'm watching them, going, "There are things happening I don't get." Yeah, because I haven't seen the, any of the other movies. I um, I have seen and, personally. I have seen Rocky Balboa, and now this. Yeah. So Balboa is That's the most it. recent one, which was what twenty like fourteen or something. It was in the mid. Uh, 2010s, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's the it's the um, one where uh, spoiler alert, Adrian dies from uh, with, yeah. uh, I think he calls it woman cancer. <laughs> oh, uh, Rocky uh, Rocky Balboa was 2006, so it was a little earlier than I thought it was. Wow, wait, um, was it 2006? It's 2006. I'm looking at it right now. Milo Ventimiglia plays his son. His son, yeah, Rocky Junior. I thought I saw yeah. that with Lindsay, but well, I guess I did see it with Lindsay. Yeah, she was here in 2006. Okay, yeah, uh, because we watched it on Christmas. We watched it Christmas at Warenberg, oh, okay. but, it, but it was still Warenberg Theater, Marcus Theaters now. Brand new, basically, at that point in time, too. Yeah, and what I remember most about it was the heating didn't work. So we sat there and, like, fro- and this oh. was cold, man. This was a cold night. So we watched it in, in, in just the, this, this freezing, you could see your breath. And so we were all oh. we were all slap happy during the film because we were so cold. So when he starts crying about Adrian dying of woman cancer, I'm bursting out laughing and everyone's looking at me. And I don't mean to be rude. I just I can't handle the cold, man. Right. <laughs> you're you're dealing with the elements at this yeah. point. It's uncomfortable. Uh, well, let's let's so, give you Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, let's let's write it out. I mean, this original movie is we were just talking about this a little bit with with some of our our group before we came over here. This is the the film of all of these movies. This is the one. This is the the if, if it's going to be propped up as a great film, it's the original. Is everything that I had read up to this point. <laughs> Stallone is down on his luck. He's trying to become an actor, as you mentioned earlier. He's done some uh, some less uh, desirable things, or maybe more, depending on your point of view. Um, up to this point, and he's desperate, basically. Um, Sylvester Stallone is a much smarter man, apparently, than a lot of people give him credit for, especially because he's known as this kind of, you know, meathead the character. Meathead, yeah. that, that he sort is of Rocky. Rocky and, yeah. and, and, and that uh, uh, John Rambo become, you know, over right. time. <clears throat> but Ooh. ironically, in both of their original appearances, they're very distinct and very, like... Um, not just not necessarily intelligent. I mean, Rocky calls himself dumb in this movie, but they're they're very As distinct and and deep characters. Yeah, especially, um, uh, especially with the first. I know it's not this movie, but the, especially the first Rambo. The first Rambo is is night and day blood, different yeah. from the other Rambos. Yeah, right. Yeah, and so Stallone goes out for a movie. He doesn't get the part. It's with United Artists, the guys who end up producing this movie. Uh, and just on a whim, the two people who are uh, auditioning him ask him as he's on his way out, you know, are you are you doing anything else? And he says, well, I'm doing some writing. Well, what are you writing? And it happens to be this movie. He had seen, uh, and I don't have the name in front of me, but Muhammad Ali uh, took a fight from a much lower person on the card, basically as a spectacle. This guy went 13 rounds with him. He didn't. Uh, he doesn't survive to the bitter end. Uh, Ali did knock him out eventually. Uh, but Ali goes on to say, like, hey, this is one of the best fights I ever had because this guy just really had an enemy, had the heart. Um, and Stallone goes, that's a movie. That's a movie. Yeah. And not only is it the movie that he writes, he's also writing about his 
life in in Hollywood, basically, and yeah. trying to break through and becoming an actor. Right. Uh, all the ups and downs and having to kind of just slum it and deal with it. And then when he gets a chance, it's not necessarily about winning and automatically becoming the best. It's more about going the distance and showing that he has the the staying power. Um, so it's it's really it's kind of self referential in that way, and it's just I don't know I, I'm getting ahead of myself. We should talk about the the specifics. Let's, let's give the stats here. So we're talking about a release yeah. date of December third, nineteen seventy six, the perfect Christmas film to take your family to. <laughs> of course, directed of by course. <laughs> Paulie comes home so drunk that he puts his hand through the door and has the yeah. wreath on his arm for a while. I mean, it's the holiday fun for the whole family. And my one of my favorite parts is when they're watching uh, the fight. Um, press conference and Polly yeah. get, gets upset and, and Adrian's like you know what did I say and, and, and Rocky says you didn't say nothing and then Polly just comes out there and like you didn't say nothing that's right you didn't say nothing <laughs> okay okay Polly anyway <laughs> he's, a, he's a drunk directed by John well, so, do, so am I occasionally and I'm more fun than that directed by John <laughs> G Avildsen Avildsen also, I Avildsen I don't know honestly also directed the Karate Kid parts one, two, and three. You know the good ones. Yep, the yeah, only he's well good known one. Well, for those and this, and that's kind of it. I mean, that that's really where it begins and ends for John G. Albertson. Uh, importantly, though, from what I know about this, you could almost—it's kind of like Kurt Russell in Tombstone. You could almost credit Stallone as a, a director for oh, this. Yeah, not because he was ever behind the camera on set. But this was but his baby. This was where he. Yes, and this is where he really established himself as the kind of guy who likes to be in the editing bay to the point that Avildsen would like try to sneak around him. Yeah. Um, because he he knew that if Stallone got in there, he was going to want his way. He was the star of the picture. He was the writer. And so <laughs> when he would go to cut things, Stallone would go, well, actually, I think I think we really need that shot. Um, now, importantly, in the end, if all that is true and he really got his way a lot of the times, seems like he did a pretty good fucking job. He, he did the right uh, thing. Um so, yeah, but but that's that was the issue behind the scenes there. Starring Sylvester Stallone, of course. Last Stallone, we've talked about it. This was his uh, big coming out in Hollywood, yep. although not the first film he was known for. And I'm going to mention that here in, no. in a second. <laughs> uh, Talia Shire as Adrian. The great Carl Weathers, who's great in everything he's in. One yes. of my favorite actors. And then what I think was the best character in the film, Burgess Meredith as uh, Mickey. Mickey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. As the, the you're, ultimate you're manager. You're a bum, anyway. Rock, and that guy. And you're a bum. I, I always forget how much I like Burgess Meredith until I see him in a film. He was, mm-hmm. you know, famously the penguin in the old Batman right, TV yeah. show. That's what he was mostly known for at that time. Yeah. But he did um, this. He did Grumpy Old Men and Grumpier Old Men. Um, he, yeah. He's a real treat and a fantastic actor. And he, I think this is obviously his most iconic role other than the penguin, but two very, very he, different characters. He did this movie because no one else would do it. They were desperately trying to cast that Mickey character, and everyone they brought in was like, no, you know, this isn't for me, or like, too small a part, you're not paying enough. And Burgess Meredith was just the only other guy they had on a list who might, you know, be available, and he read it and went, this is great, I'm in. Uh, and again, turn in, turns in this incredible performance. They, um, they I told have him. to mention this about... They oh, told him, well, they told him, you got the part, and he was like... Wah! <laughs> he's, very happy. he's very happy i have to since we're talking about carl weathers and we're talking about who's in the movie i have to mention this is down in the trivia I love this, this trivia. might be yeah. this is one of my two favorite stories coming out of this whole movie one of them behind the scenes one of them about what happens on screen so 
Carl Weathers comes in to audition for this, and they actually have him spar with Sylvester Stallone just to see what he can do. Now, Carl Weathers has some boxing training, so as they're sparring, and Stallone is already kind of getting into that groove too, he accidentally hits Stallone on the chin, and Stallone tells him, hey, like, settle down. It's just an audition. You don't have to go that hard. Weathers gets offended and says, well, if I was allowed to audition with a real actor and not a stand-in, I could do a lot better, which is when their director, Alvinson, he steps in and is like, no, 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 hang on. Stallone is the real actor, and he wrote the movie. And Carl Weathers, in in his in the only the way that Carl Weathers could, looks at him for a second and then goes, "Well, maybe he'll get better." And Stallone <laughs> goes, "Yeah, no, you got the part. This Carl, this is Apollo Creed. I, dare I mean, that's you, the most you, Apollo Creed energy anywhere. You find a movie that Carl Weathers wasn't good in and didn't steal the show. We're talking this. We're talking Predator, Happy Gilmore. Yes. I mean, anything Carl Weathers yep. is in, he he steals it. And his role in this as Apollo Creed is iconic it's iconic in the same way that rocky's iconic i still remember when xavier woods dressed up as, he was consequences creed in tna right yeah and he did the whole usa <laughs> outfit like uh apollo did in this all uh, there's all other people in the film too and runtime 119 minutes or about <laughs> two hours it's a, a little over the sweet spot but in a case like this i don't think that's entirely bad this is very much a it's journeyman's a movie yeah yeah right. it's a drama to a certain degree i mean it, it's not um a comedy and a horror movie are going to have that 130 or that, that hour and 30, you know, 90 right. minute sweet spot. That's really where you want those. But anything that needs more room to breathe, you've got to establish more in terms yeah. of the or setting and the characters. If it's a, a if it's a Zack Snyder film, it needs at bare minimum four hours, four hours. <laughs> I, was, I was coughing in the middle of that. Have, I you, got s- have you seen <clears throat> this rebel moon film? No, no one has. I watched, I no watched, one is watching this. I didn't watch the movie, but I watched the no, it's not Cinema Sins. What was it? Um, Your movie sucks. No, no, oh God, I can't wait to see what he says about it. It's the <laughs> honest trailer. I watched the honest trailer for it, and oh, it, it yeah. looks so bad. It looks so yes. bad. Anyway, back to this film. Was it <laughs> was Rocky a success? Did it pay off for Sylvester Stallone and the investors? You're damn right it did. Budget versus box office. $860,000 budget. Most of that was, I think, to re-record Stallone's lines because he kept going, hey, hey, hey. Uh, yeah. hey, hey. So you can understand him, which you still kind of can't sometimes. Versus $225 um, <clears throat> million dollars at the box office. It's a bona fide hit. Yeah. Yeah, apparently one of the most expensive things was just makeup, was just uh, making them look like they were, you know, destroyed in the in the boxing match at the end. And it was um, convincing. <clears throat> there are so there are so first of all, it's the it's the highest grossing movie of 76. And it's again, it's by a wide margin. I didn't write down the names of the next two, but there are movies that I did not recognize the names of at all. I'm gonna look them up real quick. This movie, this movie makes, if I remember correctly, at least 60 million dollars more than the next closest one to it now in 76 it only makes a hundred something million that 225 is over lifetime um but again importantly that was 860,000 to make it versus 225 million it's made in other words it took less than a million dollars to make this movie and then it made well over 200 okay uh million so here's your top 10 in the year 2000 or sorry 1976 and I see what you mean here. Listen to this. So I'm going to go yeah. from from 10 and up just to give you an idea of you know the whole thing. So the Bad News Bears was in at number 10. I have seen the Bad News Bears. I believe that's the one with Walter yes. Matthau, if I'm correct. That's um, the original one, yeah. Yeah. Number nine is Midway. I don't know this film. This is not one nope. I'm familiar with. I'm, I'm actually looking at it right now. Uh, it looks like it's a it's a war film, so it wasn't into those at the time. Number eight is oh, the, so like the Battle of Midway. We're talking yeah. about like the Pacific. Yes. Like a, it's a okay. All right, got it. 
Number eight is the Enforcer. That's a, a Harry, uh, Dirty Harry movie. So I have seen that, but Dirty I barely Harry. remember it. Yep. Number seven is the Omen, classic horror. Oh, classic. Shit. Number six, yeah. but oh, horror is never going to be that high. Not at that time period. Not at that time period. No, no. It, it kind of no. horror kind of had a shift where you know back in those days horror was very much the you know the seventh or eighth film on the list because it didn't get a lot of respect whereas now horror is almost always number one at the box office because they're cheap to make everyone loves a horror film number six all the president's men never seen it number five silver streak have seen it that is i believe gene wilder and um um, richard Pryor. Pryor. that's one of their classics yeah Yeah. that's that's a damn good one number four king kong another classic is that the jeff daniels one uh it's gotta be right i mean if it's 76 that's the only one that makes sense at that time frame yeah i think so i'm i'm looking at it here and it is okay well it's it is jeff bridges but the first name that popped up was choi played by lobo chan Charles so, Grodin was yeah, in this too. Yeah, I don't guess I remember that. I'm pretty sure Jessica Lang. She obviously Jessica Lang, uh, huh. classic. Uh, right, I Fay think Ray. Charles Godin Grodin played Godin. the he played the the guy that took him all to the island. He was like the director or whatever oh, the, the Jack okay. Black character, yeah. if I remember correctly. Also, also importantly, it's uh, you said it right the second time. It's Jeff Bridges. The first time. You said Jeff Daniels. I said Jeff Daniels. I'm aware. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was I was thinking of it, and I was like, "Wait, that can't be right." But I've already said it's right because I mean, we must be thinking about the same guy, which is Jeff Bridges. <laughs> I would like to apologize to to Jeff Daniels and Jeff Bridges. <laughs> Number three is The Star Is Born, which I've never seen, but I am aware of it. I know it's uh, Robert England. Yeah, it's, the, uh, re- uh, the remake Streisand. was a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that Gaga. was the the Lady Gaga and uh, Bradley Cooper, yeah. if I remember correctly. And then number two is To Fly. I have no idea what this film is. I've never heard of it. No clue. I went, yeah, that okay. was the one that I remember reading and going, what? I just went to the cast page on here, and it just says nothing. <laughs> so let me verify right. that this is a real film. Oh, it's a documentary. It's a documentary. Oh, yeah. That's not, not at that time. That's not yeah, fair. Not. That's not fair. That ain't funny. That ain't funny. So I, I said it earlier. Oh, wait, I got to get the critical reception before I get to this point. Critical reception. And this is just an overwhelmingly beloved film. 91% critical yes. approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. That's an 8.3 out of 10. 70 out of 100 on Metacritic. Generally favorable. And four out of four stars from Roger Ebert, someone we all love. Uh, both We both love and, and respect. Who said Stallone yeah. is a young Marlon Brando. I think Stallone's better that than was Marlon just- Brando. That was just an existing pull quote. He had a lot of other nice things to say about it, but really the big thing was basically, again, like you said earlier, this is Stallone's coming out party. This is where people start to realize not only is this guy going to go on to be a big deal because he's likable and then people like him and want to see him do stuff, but um, ironically, rather than starting out in kind of like, you know, clunky action pictures and then going on to do serious stuff like you would now, he does it the other way around. He makes the art house film first. Yeah. And then when the eighties well, turn very patriotic, he decides, well, I will too. The, the, um, the first film that he made is really an art house film. Have you ever seen a, <laughs> a, a little movie called the party at Kitty and studs? I have not. I will not. Uh, well, okay. So but I know what you're talking about. Here's the funny thing about this film. I had heard about this because it was renamed Italian stallion after Rocky. They re-released it, right? Right. Of course. And yeah. I remember seeing the cover for it, like on different websites and stuff when people talk about Stallone. And it was always, and I just pulled it up here. It's always stuff like Sylvester Stallone, star of Rocky, goes X-rated. They presented it as a X-rated right. sex film where he stars right. as a guy named Stud. And it's about the sex life of a girl named Kitty who's in the film. 
and it, it, it always presented it as this hardcore film that you could never find the hardcore print to. They only had the softcore yeah. version of it. And and so the rumor that went on forever was that Stallone started a hardcore porno as his first film. And even I believed that which up until the point, which is not true. Yeah. This, this film was a softcore comedy, basically, romance movie. There there is right. definitely some sexy stuff and nudity and stuff like that, but like it's not a it's not a porno. And they no. but they took his celebrity and his fame from Rocky and presented it that way to to try right. to, you know, get more stuff. And famously it was a terrible film and he basically he he got paid i think he did two days of filming and he he got like 200 bucks 200 dollars to do it and yeah. he he did it just because he had to because he was poor and yeah. he was trying to make it in hollywood this is six years before rocky so he was he was desperately trying to just stay afloat in the industry and thank god he did rocky and and, and history was made and and I mean, a lack of money is really what kind of like drives not just his career, but even this movie itself. So coming up to this movie, like you said, um, he's making pennies on the dollar. He's he's working security wherever he can to to make a little money. Um, in fact, fairly famously, and I didn't put it in the in the trivia here because it's not really about the movie itself. Stallone was so hard on his luck and so down on his luck right right before he got this this thing set up. He um he sold his dog. He had this beloved dog that he sold to uh, not not like a friend, but somebody he knew and trusted um, with the promise at the time saying, like, when I get the money, I'm going to buy him back. You know, that's the only way I'm going to agree to sell him to you. And the guy said, yeah, he sold it to him for 50 bucks. Um, About a week later, he sells this script. He gets signed on as the star. He goes right back to the guy and buys him back. The dog is the dog in the movie. Yeah. That's why if you watch the credits through Butkus, uh, his name is uh, uh, Butkus Stallone. Yeah. It says dog. That's yeah. It's the same dog. He calls him that in the movie. Um, Sarah cracked Good up job. when I told her that that was the case because when he's in the when he's in the uh, pet shop and Butkus is in the cage and he's talking to him and saying stuff, I'm like, that's Stallone's real dog. And she goes, oh, so that's why he's barking. He's like, dad, let me out. Yeah. What, what are, are we doing? doing? What is the camera? I do not understand that I'm in a movie. Right. <laughs> I am a dog. I would like to go with you. <laughs> So let's 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 talk about the film. So if you've never seen Rocky, it is to me this is like the quintessential sports hero film because yeah. yeah, I so straight up I'll say this now, and this will probably kind of give you an indication of how I might be giving my review of this. I'm not a fan of sports films. It's it, they don't interest yeah. me. Uh, sure. I like I like some comedies. I did really like the Great White Hype. I like Major League with uh, Charlie Sheen and Wesley Snipes. But I've never been one to go for like the dramatic sports film. Uh, Darren Aronofsky's yeah. The Wrestler, obviously, because I like wrestling. But you, you'll never catch me watching movies about Babe Ruth and stuff like that. Sure. So, but but this is a very well done film. And when I think of when I think of sports films and like inspirational sports films, I always go back to Rocky. I have seen it before. No, I've never seen this. I've only seen Rocky Balboa. I think yeah. everyone has seen so many clips of Rocky. You would almost go, well, of course I've seen that. Yeah. He, he fights Apollo Creed at the end, you know, Adrian, he's right. he for. you feel like you have, but there's two hours of film here. There's an hour and a half before that fight. And it's a long yeah. hour and a half. And most of it involves Stallone being a meathead not a very <laughs> smart individual admittedly no. and it takes a while to get to the part where he's where they're punching each other yes. but, th- but thankfully before that there's a good drama there there's a pretty good drama 
He's yeah. Stallone is is very much a star, and you can tell from the moment you see him, you can't take your eyes off of him. He's likable. He's charismatic, even yeah. if he is like self-appointedly dumb, right? Uh, and awkward, and and you know, especially around this girl that he likes. Like you're watching this movie at the beginning, going, "All right, what am what am I getting into to, into here? Like, why am I why am I following this guy?" And it doesn't take very long for you to go, "This is why. This yeah. is why I'm following him because yeah. I can't take my eyes off this. I want to know what's going to happen to him." I I want to know that he's going to get the things that he wants. Yeah. Um, I think I told you when we watched Gremlins, uh, Sarah and I watched Gremlins. She had seen it before. I hadn't. And so she did the thing like she's on her phone early on, but then she kind of put it down. She kind of started paying more attention. And then she told me afterward, I was paying attention to you because I wanted to see your reaction to like, this is the craziest shit I've ever seen. Um, and it was this movie. Yes. This movie was more of a, when we started watching it, she had her phone out. She was, you know, just kind of pillin and then she put it down and then she started paying attention. And then, you know, I was just kind of throwing out some stuff as, as I knew she was paying attention. Like, Hey, that's his dog, you know, or cause I'd already done the notes for the show and I knew some things about it. Uh, that's his real dog or like, Hey, nobody knows that they're, you know, they did a lot of gorilla filming from this the same way they did uh, terminator. So no permits, no extras. When the guy throws Rocky and orange, when he's jogging through the, the fruit market, that's just a guy he's who did that orange. because they didn't know what was going on. Yeah. yeah and they left it in the movie because they're like, yeah. this is great. Yeah. You're um, have an orange. So as, as we're, we're talking about this, I see that she's paying more attention. Uh, we stopped at one point because we, we needed to get supper when it was basically right before they, they get all the, the big fight stuff going. And as soon as she had it on her phone, like casting to our TV, as soon as Sarah pauses, she looks at me and goes, why do I like this? Why I I don't understand why I like this movie. And I said, well, I mean, he's super charismatic. It's an interesting story. And she's like, I mean, like logically I know that I do, but I, you know, initially I'm looking at this and I'm going, this is a boy movie. This is a sports yeah. movie where and they punch each other. And and it's it's very basic. It's not really. It's yeah. A, it's yeah, a but very basic film. Like it could be that thing that I just described and it is for maybe the last 30 minutes, but everything, like you said, the first hour and 30 minutes that precipitates that, that sets it up, makes it so much more than just a, let's just punch each other. Right. Movie. Yeah. And, um, and I said, it's basic. I want to clarify what I mean by that. This is not a film it's, where it's a simple setup. It's a simple setup. Nothing extravagant yes. happens. There's no, you know, world right. threat. There's no like, oh, he owes money to the mafia and he has to win it to, to do this. It's a no. it's a very basic film about a guy who never really got a shot and just kind of exists, who gets a chance, yeah. you know, a lucky chance and makes the most of it. And it's really well done. Again, like this is not the kind of film I normally go for. I would never right. jump at the chance to watch this movie. Even after watching it, I, I will probably never watch it again. But yeah. it, it, but it, it is so well done and so realistic, and everything is so down to earth. It's a very down to earth yeah. film. And nowadays, I think if you made this movie, uh, except for the ones that they did make, obviously, but even those, they're so much more eccentric. They're so much more extra. Sure, this movie is not that. This movie is a very down-to-earth basic movie about a basic person who gets an extraordinary yeah. chance and the way they do it is incredibly well done and it yeah. never it never yeah, makes I mean, you bored it never makes you no. tired of the characters the the only character i was irritated with was Polly, but you're kind of supposed to be um, right stallone himself as rocky balboa is i mean it's just a, it's a gym it's a gym he's a yeah. gym yes yeah, it's a character that that <laughs> it's a character that could have easily, like you said, gone just the it been very one dimensional, yeah. right? Stallone's a meathead; he could just be a meathead, and that's all there is to <laughs> and it. He could and have been so unlikable chance. too. They could have made him such oh, a yeah. dick, you know? Absolutely, 
Yeah. I mean, in a, in a world, the world that he inhabits and all the people that he's around, it starts out almost the other way. Like, he's almost too likable. Like, everybody yeah. knows him and likes him, and you're like, why? I don't see anything about it. But then they give that time and room to breathe, and you see him just kind of, you know, like you said, existing as a person, as the person he is. He comes home and he feeds his pet turtles, right. and he's in love with the girl at the at the the uh, pet shop, and doesn't really know how to make her laugh, so he tells her dumb jokes. And and, and she's and, not the the stereotypical like you know, barely wearing any clothes, hot girl. She's a right. girl. She's a real person. Right. The first time that he tells her that she's beautiful, she tells him to stop lying to her. And right. she, it's it's not like an exaggeration. You can tell that she's wounded because she thinks that he's making fun of her. Yeah. And he's like, who's making fun? I'm serious. You know, I'm, no. I, I really have been looking at you for a long time now. I'm wanting to say these things. It's hard, especially these days, to find films that have real people in them as real people. You know, yes. one of my biggest yeah. problems with Ghostbusters 2016, though I liked it, and we've talked about this a million times, was that none of the people in that movie felt like a real person. They're, car- they're caricatures. Everyone yes. is a one-note yes. character who, and I don't want to harp about it too much, but is meant to, again, this has always been my biggest problem with that movie, is meant to evoke feelings of another character that exists yeah. that should be getting homage paid to them, that the movie simultaneously says, look, we're doing the thing you like, and also forget all that shit that you liked. And with no depth. We're our own thing. And even when they even when they, when they they have depth, like Kristen Wiig's character in the film with Melissa McCarthy, it's done as a right. joke, it's done as a, it's, it's something to set up something else. But in this film, Rocky and Adrian and everybody, they feel like real people in a real world. And I really love that. Yes. They don't make films like that anymore. They really don't. No. It's hard to find movies like that nowadays. Even go, even Afterlife. Yeah. I loved Afterlife. We all loved Afterlife. But it, it, it didn't have that genuine people feel. Like you tell these are people in a no. movie. Rocky and a lot of films like this back in those days, they felt genuine. You felt like you were really looking into to well, these people's lives. Since we're making the comparison, compare it to the original Ghostbusters. When you first see those characters, even though this is a supernatural romp with comedy and horror and all sorts of things going on, and these guys are psychologists and doctors and scientists, so it's not really people that most of us are meant to, you know, sort of identify with. They still, again, it feels like a real world. It's set in New York. It's a real city. They're filming filming in real locations. And these are people who, even if they're a little exaggerated, are kind of people you know. You know the eccentric, intelligent guy who doesn't really seem to understand humor until, you know, later on. Right. You know the, well, okay, not that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you you know the the, the blue collar down to earth guy who says, "Hey, look, if I'm getting paid, whatever you need, I'll just do it." Which is kind of to bring it back is kind of what Rocky, Rocky is at yeah. the end of the day. I mean, and, he's, and- he's working for a loan shark. He's doing something he clearly doesn't really love doing, um, but he does the best job that he can, and he tries to be like a good person while also living in a world that barely allows him to be. And it was funny to me that you mentioned, you know, with Rocky and Ghostbusters from the first film, neither go, in my opinion, from what I've seen, neither Ghostbusters nor Rocky ever matches that level of sincerity again. I love Ghostbusters too. Yeah. And I I love Afterlife, but neither of those films has that raw like ability and down to earth feel that the first Ghostbusters had. I think there's a reason Ghostbusters 1 is such a unique film. Even by Ghostbusters 2, it felt like a different movie. It was more on the jokes. It it was, you know. It's. It's now a franchise and right. it's now merchandise as opposed to the first one has those elements. But like we made a good movie and the other stuff is just coming out of that yeah. versus we have all this stuff we need to sell, make a movie. And Rocky is kind of the same way because in the first Rocky, spoiler alert, we'll talk about the end in a second, but Rocky loses. 
you know, right. he's not. He doesn't win the fight. He doesn't well, win the fight. He loses the fight. But he wins but the war. Like you said, we'll talk about it in a minute. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's out the window in part two and all the other Rockies. Because then <laughs> and everything he, from that point on. Then he's just an unstoppable boxing monster. He beats everybody. Right. He, he beats Thunderlips. He, he beats Clubber Lang. He beats uh, Apollo yep. Creed in the sequel. It's, yeah. It, it, they, they turned Drago. They, they turned the character into a franchise character. Right. If this, it, it's yeah. like Rambo. Go back and watch Rambo. The first Rambo was significantly yeah. different than the others. Stallone seems to have this issue where they take these genuine characters he creates or he didn't create Rambo. That was based on a book. If I remember correctly. Yeah. And first blood, first blood. And, but he, he takes these, these characters and, and does fantastic things with them. He's a much better actor than anyone gives him credit for. Yes. But, but when people see him in that role, then they're like, okay, but we want more. And then the movies almost entirely always go into like parody of what the first yeah. film was. And then he did so stop or my mom will shoot. <laughs> I haven't gotten to that point in the book yet, but I know it gets mentioned because there's, there's, you know, some books had that thing in the center where they have like color photos that go along with, you was know, it what's going to happen in the book. And it's him and Estelle Getty. And there's a caption yeah. that talks about, you know, stop or my mom will shoot is really his first attempt at comedy. It doesn't go well. It did not. Um, I liked it, but I was stupid back then. I'm, it's, I might be it's corny. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, Stallone is, we've said it a couple of times now, as as a person, is more intelligent, more capable, and really more deep than I think anybody really gives him credit for, or at least, while he might get that credit, at the, at the very least, looking at him on the surface, you're not going to see that, right? He, coming into acting, was a theater actor. He loved working the theater. Um, he also what he really wanted and he wrote a ton of screenplays that never got made. And he self admits now that most of them were, were garbage um, before he managed to, to hit, you know, gold with Rocky. But one of the things he really wanted to make happen was an Edgar Allan Poe movie. And he wanted to play him. Edgar Allan Poe was his hero. He loved this, this, you know, poetry that he wrote in this kind of Gothic imagery and, and all of those things. And he wanted to write an Edgar Allan Poe biopic and make it work. And so in the wake of Rocky, that was the plan. And again, then we had that that big sweeping wave of Reagan-era patriotism in the 80s. Um, he you directed know, trying to the kind of rebound from the to Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, yeah, did that. Um, pretty crazy. Which was a whole last thing. Yeah. Um, but Travolta loved him. They got along really well. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. That's a bad Stallone. It's, That's a it's, bad. It's, it's just hey, 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 Sorry, but yeah, he he kept he kept writing this movie. I mean, he literally had a, a the basis for a script about a biopic for Edgar Allan Poe, and it just kept getting pushed further back because it was oh, you know, we gotta we gotta do Rambo Part Two or First Blood Part Two. We gotta do a next another Rocky. I was trying to get away from that, and eventually there comes a moment where he just goes, "I'm never gonna." I'm I'm never gonna get this made now i couldn't do it he even says in an interview like at a certain point i think it was right after rocky three he's like now i couldn't do it even if i wrote it even if it was great yeah. i can't cast myself yeah. i can't play that because what's it gonna be hey yo uh adrian nevermore like that's what people it, are gonna be expecting it, it's it i'm would, a caricature now it would be like in last action hero when arnold schwarzenegger played was a king lear yep and yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's the exact same thing. Like you can't see that because it would be so ridiculous. Yes, it won't work. Right. It won't work. And Stallone definitely fell down that rabbit hole. You talk about being typecast Stallone, yep. uh, Schwarzenegger, guys like that. Anytime they do something against the grain, it's always really spectacular or terrible because it's yeah. so against what you think they're going to do. 
And I, exactly. I I feel bad about that because I never knew that about Stallone. I didn't know he was an Edgar Allan Poe fan. I didn't know he wanted to make that film. Yeah. That that's pretty incredible to me. And Big I, time. I wonder how that would have gone because, unfortunately for Stallone, this is this is not his fault. But he does look the way he looks, and he does talk the way he talks, right. and that makes it very difficult to be cast in roles where he's not just playing Sylvester Stallone. Because other than Rocky, exactly, he's pretty much Stallone in every film. Because you, it's like Schwarzenegger, the look, the I accent, mean, you can't avoid it. Even in Rocky, he's basically you know some Stallone. version of himself. Yeah. yeah, he's he's him there. He's him, and, and as John Rambo, John Rambo is the physicality. Where you know, not that Rocky's not physical, but Rocky's more of the sentimentality. Yeah. Um, so you get weirdly enough the brains on that side and the brawn with the rambo uh and and that's kind of that's just who he is to moviegoers i think legitimately had he taken what he made from rocky and had he not fallen into the sequel trap and and i say trap in the sense that you know it did still make him millions and millions and millions of dollars and he's living right. very comfortably thank you very much um but if he wanted to be sort of the the art house guy if he wanted to be the indie guy um he takes what he makes from Rocky. I think had he just cut Rocky there and said, I'm never playing that character again. You want to make more movies? Great, but you'll do it without me. I think he could have done it then but, because it could have been played as Rocky is enough of a, a drama and enough of a, you know, a solid film. If you make that distinction between film and movie, uh, that, that an Edgar Allan Poe biopic written by him after that, I think it would have made some money. It would have done some numbers, assuming it was, you know, good and well acted. But like you said, it's still always going to be, Sylvester Stallone in that role and he is who he is and it's funny you mentioned that you know I'm done with with Rocky I'm not going to play him again because he played Rocky forever until the yes. series was kind of taken away from him famously yeah and and turned it to the Creed yeah. series now and Stallone has I don't think anything to do with it anymore and he has famously no. come out against it because this character was stolen from him, this world was stolen from him and uh, yeah. it's, kind of, it's kind of sad actually because there would be no rocky without sylvester sloan and i'm sure i've never seen the well, films i'm sure they're fine so he's in the first one um he's part of the reason that that things get up and running the way that they do because of course you know he's he was friends with uh i forget what um adonis creed he was so he, he was friends with adonis's father obviously he was there when when things went poorly for him um He's in that first movie quite a bit, and I think he had quite a bit to do with the first one. It's after that where Stallone starts kind of being not pushed away from Michael out B. Jordan. Be too far, but pushed away for sure. Yeah, and it's by the third one that he's not involved at all. I don't think Rocky's even in the third movie. Yeah, um, I know in the second movie he, I think it's the second movie he winds up in the hospital for a little bit. He has a heart attack. Uh, obviously, um, uh, Adrian is gone by that point. Uh, there is a really, there's a great scene. <laughs> there's a great scene in the first movie where he goes and talks to her at her, at her headstone at her grave. Um, and it's super moving. And again, at the time I only knew just out of context. Okay. I know he was with a woman named Adrian and there's that having seen this now, I'm sure it would hit a lot harder. Sarah and I were talking about that at the end of this one, but yeah, by the third one, even though I haven't seen it, my understanding is that he's, he's completely gone. Cause it was Ryan Coogler, the guy who did uh, black Panther and, and yeah. some other stuff uh, who did that one works with Michael B. Jordan a lot. And like you said, that's that's a shame. Uh, from my understanding, the third one is not great anyway. It's also kind of like the Rocky movies, you know, diminishing returns the further you go along right. uh, into them. But I mean, yeah, take... it's a real shame that this movie doesn't exist without Sylvester Stallone. How are you going to force him out? That's a weird choice. Uh, which which is the one with Ivan Drago? Is that the fourth. fifth one? Fourth one? 
Nope, that's four. So take, you know, when you talk about the the downfall of the films and the seriousness and the sincerity of the film, look at part four. You have the death of Apollo Creed. Big spoilers. Right. He's killed in the ring by Ivan Drago. Something that should have been like a serious moment. That could have been done very differently. But instead, Drago is just pre- presented as the evil Russian, uh, or is he German? I forget. He's Russian. Uh, Russian. He's Russian. Yeah. Yeah. He's the evil Russian boxer that killed Apollo Creed, and and Stallone, you know, Rocky's going to get revenge. It's so it's laughable at that point. Yeah. It, it's it's a yeah. laughable big muscle movie. It it exists because again, major anti-Russian sentiment, major yeah. American patriotism. It doesn't exist so much as a good movie as it does the same reason that you know when an American wrestler gets in the ring against anybody from anywhere but America, people chant USA. Right. It's the same. Yeah. It's the same reasoning. Yeah. They sacrifice. Um, they sacrifice the these the integrity for clout and for patriotism. Right. Yeah. Exactly. However much integrity that, was left in the the series at that point. Yeah. <laughs> once look, once you get past three, if you've never seen three, three is the one that has Hulk Hogan as Thunder Lips. One of my yeah. favorite. I mean, one of Hogan's. Mr. T is Clubber Lang. And Hogan, of course, is not a great actor. I don't think he's a terrible actor. He's my. He's one of my favorite parts of Gremlins too. We all had a good laugh. He's great as Thunderlips. I don't know if you've ever seen him as Thunderlips. He's fantastic. No. He's so funny. And there's a part Jesse and I was talking about where Rocky asks, I think it's Mickey. He's like, so Hogan is coming down the aisle and he's towering above everybody. And, and Rocky's like, why are they carrying him? And Mickey's like, he's walking. Because Hogan is so big. He's so gigantic. It's, yeah, it's hilarious. I was reading this. I think Stallone is like five eight. Like he's yeah. famously not super tall. And Hogan, I think at least like six is like, seven. Like six, right eight. Six, yeah, yeah, I mean he's he's up there for sure. I yeah. know he's billed higher than he was, but but he towers over him. It's hilarious. It's great. <laughs> uh, but at that point, the movie again. It, the first one is the serious one. It's the one that you go to when you want to watch a right. good film. And then the rest after that, it's like watching Fast and the Furious. You're just going for the for the fact that I love the series. Right, the uh, characters who back. Fast what else and Furious films, like seriously, who watches <laughs> these things other than Jesse? That first one, okay. I mean, that's not a terrible comparison. That first one was Completely very much different. about street racing yeah. and family, and Undercover long before Cop. family was a joke, you know, right. with Vin Diesel. Um, by the second one, it's already getting stupid. And right by, by, by two oh fast two God. furious it's already getting dumb and at this point uh, they're they're literally i saw one just, where they swung a car a, 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 on a cable across like a ravine like a fucking indiana jones it's oh, so oh. bad so oh, bad. Shannon, let me make it worse let me make it worse for you because i have i have not i have not seen a fast and furious movie other than the first two those I've are the only the ones that one. i've seen beginning to end yeah um i saw the second one in theaters i was in high school aaron actually and i went and saw it and i remember at the time liking it because i played a lot of like midnight club and Need sure. for Speed. but it was sure. more like i like the cars not really what's going on basically when the cars on aren't on screen i was going where are the cars where are the cars um, <laughs> but but uh you know, they spun that series off sort of briefly. One little aside with that Hobbs and Shaw movie with yeah. uh, The Rock and, and Jason um, Statham. Oh, what's his name? Statham. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, and Idris Elba. Idris Elba's in that movie. Idris Elba is in that movie as the villain, and he has cybernetic implants, and yes. that is not a joke. Yeah, the man has a robotic part. He's the cyberpunk. Yeah. In him. And they defeat him, which is pretty great because then he goes on to be in cyberpunk. Right. They defeat him in Hawaii. Through the use of Roman Reigns and Maui traditions. Yes. And it I just Head it's of the toilet table. sounds is what it is. Head of the table. It's all toilets. 
Oh, I don't, oh, I don't want to talk about the Fast and Furious films ever again. There's one. We're I, never, I we're never going to do it. I, I vow to you right now, yes. we're not reviewing these fucking movies on I'll, this show. I'll watch I don't care if Jesse brings them up for this. I don't care if he tries to bring him in for Nostalgic November. We're no, not doing refuse. it. It's not happening. No, no thank you. I'll watch that fucking Powerline video for 900th time before I watch <laughs> a fan. If, you, if you're a fan of the Fast and the Furious right now and you're going, guys, come on. No, so, you come on. Toward the end of the film. Um, let's <laughs> We'll get to the ending real quick and then we'll give our... Well, actually, no, no, no. We should give our review, then go for the ending and then go for the, the yes. epilogues part. So let's get yeah. to the review. What do we think of Rocky starring Sylvester Stallone? I'll, I'll go first as I often do. And I, I I struggle to not give this a one up, one down. and But that's purely only based on the fact that this is not my kind of film. But that's not sure. what an objective reviewer does. You study the film as it is. You compare it to itself. You don't compare it to other films. And is this a good film? It absolutely is. Is is this well acted? 100%. Does it have a good story? Absolutely. So even though this is not a film that I am like normally into because I am more of a horror fantasy kind of person, I'm going to give this one thumbs up. I think it's a great film. I think it's it's yeah. well acted. Great message. I, I love a lot about it. I wish it had stopped after this one. And that's not to say that there aren't other good ones or there aren't other good moments True. from it. But like you said, diminishing returns. Every time they make another Rocky film, it makes this one less special because this is a special film. And the fact yeah. that it's coming from someone like Sylvester Stallone, who you normally don't credit enough when it comes to good acting, good writing, stuff like that. Right. This was a showpiece for his talent and his skill. And I think he did the best job he could have done it's a fantastic one. You absolutely should watch this. This is not something you get your boys around and you will have a great time watching. When you want to watch yeah. a good movie, you watch something like this. So that's my yeah. review for it. Yeah, I um, again, I sat down with Sarah to watch this and and she took a lot of notice of it over the course of it. She got really into it. I was getting into it when she said that about, you know, why do I like this? I was also kind of questioning it, but I was, I guess at that point, that's not entirely fair. I was past the point of questioning it early on. I remember thinking like some of this seems kind of silly and it's, it's kind of drawn out and I don't really, ah, silly is not the right word, but you know, it's just, it's just alone. Like you said, just being a meathead all yeah. over Philadelphia. Hey. I'm like, what I'm, I'm watching. Well, what am I watching? Like he's not, he's not really doing a lot of boxing after that opening scene. And, and uh, you know the characters are kind of like they're very seventies, right? I mean, you know, the people that are around the 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 drunkards and the you know it's it's just I, I couldn't really put my finger on what was happening, and yet I was enthralled. I could not look away. I could not stop caring about what's happening to specifically this character, but them in general. Uh, but but Rocky just immediately worms his way in and goes, "You're going to care about what's going to happen to me." Um, whether you like it or not. And I did. And and by the end, I was fully hooked. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever disliked Carl Weathers in a movie so much. Um, and and not as an act, not as an actor, but as a character, character? is what yeah. I mean. Yeah. Apollo Creed. I mean, literally, and Sarah called it out before I could say it. We were so in sync on this movie. It was crazy. She's like, I hate this guy. I can't stand him. Um, one of the scenes I really love that I don't think gets enough credit is when he's uh, – Rocky is uh, doing the interview where he's punching the meat. He's in the meat locker. The interviewer is caught up with him. And they're like, can you show us what it looks like? And so he's doing the, the he's beating up the, the slabs of meat. And the one guy in Creed's camp is watching this super closely. The one who told him like, you shouldn't be messing with the Southpaw. You shouldn't be fighting the life, a uh, left-handed guy. And Creed is literally 
just waving his hand dismissive on the phone talking about sending roses to people what he needs set up for the match all this other stuff and he's like you need to take this seriously and creed just doesn't care oh that pissed me off that pissed me off because i'm looking at rocky going are you yeah you should be taking this guy seriously he should kick your ass um, I didn't put it in the in the trivia, and I feel like I'm going to mention it here mainly just because it it colors a lot of of what I ended up really liking, especially about the ending. So during that pause that I talked about, where Sarah's like, "Why do I like this so much?" One of the things we talked about at that time, she said, "I, I feel like it's going to piss me off though in the end because I know he loses. I know he loses the fight, and that's going to make me mad." And I said, "Okay, even though I haven't seen it, I've you know I've done my research and I knew about the movie too." I said, just, just watch. Cause I think we're both going to be, I think we're both going to understand it and appreciate why it happens and what happens in there. Um, so something that was pointed out to me before I went in and I was glad I knew this in the very first round, not even a full minute into the fight, Rocky knocks Creed down. He knocks he him on his ass. Yeah. Creed, Creed and down. it's the first time he ever got knocked down. Yes. <clears throat> Creed gets up at a count of eight. And so, you know, the fight goes on, eventually goes to the split decision, the full 15 rounds, the whole thing. But it was pointed out to me before I saw this, and again, I'm really glad it was. So for anyone who hasn't seen it, note this too. Um, In boxing, because I I am also famously not a sports guy, not a sports movie guy, not a sports guy in general. I watch a little basketball here and there, but it's not pro. I mean, it's it's whatever. And again, you know, wrestling is is about as far as I get into it. You're talking about the standing eight count? So, yeah. So when you take somebody down, obviously there's a 10 count they have to answer. If they don't, then the fight's over. But the referee doesn't start counting immediately because Rocky is so amped up. He's still dancing around. He's still just waiting to see what's going to happen. I didn't know this. The ref can't begin the count until the aggressor goes to a neutral corner. That's why he's constantly pushing him back. And so when he finally gets him in the corner, he starts the count. Creed gets up at eight. If Rocky had immediately gone to the neutral corner, he wins in a one round TKO and wins the world championship in his first match for it. So and only because he's so amped up and hyped up about it does that not happen. I I need to rewatch that scene because I did watch it. That was during a part where I was at the store and I was working on some con- yeah. uh, some construction stuff. Um, because I don't remember exactly. I remember Creed was knocked on his ass pretty hard and he was looking around. Yes. Um. So in boxing, you can take a standing eight count, which most boxers will take, where the ref will count to eight and kind of let you rest and then start the the fight over. Most people like they yeah. they won't get up at three even if they can't get up at three because you want to take right. that extra moment to recover. So uh, Creed could have been using that as a, just a way to, 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 to stall, yeah. but, but I need to watch it again. But I remember him getting floored and that's such yes. a great way to start the fight because yeah. you immediately have this character that's not being taken seriously. And now he's a threat immediately. Yeah. Right out of the gate. His, if- his trainer even said to him in one of my favorite parts during the fight, he said, uh, you know, he doesn't think it's a show. He thinks it's a fight. Because Creed yes. wasn't taking it seriously. And he wasn't. And he had to get on his his his, his shit. Yeah. If that if the standing eight count is what's happening, nobody says it in the movie. I'm not saying it's not, but none of the you know, they have the announcers. None of them says neither of them says anything about it. Um, and nobody mentions it specifically. So it could it could have been that. Um, but they definitely didn't call it that specifically. Well, so if you take it as just you got a ten count to get up and he only yeah. got it up at eight, if Rocky had gone back in that case, then theoretically he wins. Uh, so- and that just does something for me Re- I like refresh my lot. memory because i want to verify that i'm not ruining this because i think i'm mm-hmm. wrong 
uh, because I missed the part with the eight count. I was I was moving yeah. something. Did he stand up and the ref just kind of walked over there and sat with him for like two or three seconds and then touched his gloves and moved off, or did he get up at eight? He gets up at eight. Then that's I know not he a, gets. He, then that's not a standing eight count. He got it knocked on his ass. That's what I'm yeah. thinking. Yeah, because he because yeah. he was down and the ref is counting six seven. He gets to his feet at eight and that's when the ref checks him and then yeah. he steps out. Yeah, that's not the so, standing eight count is usually they'll get up at like three or four. Yeah, and then stand there for a few seconds while the ref makes sure that they are able to keep fighting. Um, right, and I, keep I, going. I did grow up watching boxing. I loved it. Me and my dad watched it all yeah. the time, which is funny because I never watched any boxing films other than again the Great White Hype. Because it's right. so good. I love boxing, <laughs> but I never watched boxing films. I think this movie has easily the most realistic boxing I've ever seen in a film. It's Which really is good. crazy because the, the actual action is so real. And then if you look close enough, everything around it is not. All the crowd footage is stock footage. They couldn't afford extras. So that's why everything is blacked out because anybody you can see around the ring, that's the only people they could afford to actually be there. And a lot of that was catering. Just wow. stick them in Didn't there so that you either. have somebody there. <laughs> yeah. No, if you look closely, the, all the crowd footage is stock footage. Joe Frazier <laughs> showing up there in the at the beginning of the fight. They put out a call to as many boxing legends as they could get their hands or get their their numbers for, get their hands on the numbers for, and said basically, look, we can't afford to pay you, but if you're interested in being in a movie and being featured, we'll take anybody we can get and as many as we can get. Joe Frazier is the only one who answered and agreed to do it for free. Joe Frazier is the only one from Philadelphia. It ends up being perfect. He's a Philly yeah. legend, of course he's there. And, it's and he's Joe on screen for like three seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's 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 awesome. Um but yeah, I mean, they did everything they could on a shoestring budget, and it's just uh, to get to, to steer it back into my review. By the right. end of the movie, my wife is is got tears in her eyes. I had tears in my eyes because it's not about this. Is what I was getting at when I said, you know, him winning the fight is not the important thing. He says in that moment when he goes to the to the um, the arena before and then comes back and lays down in bed with Adrian. He says like. I can't do this. I can't beat him. There's no way I can beat him. And she starts trying to console him as she can. And he says, you know, no one's ever taken in the distance. If I can do that, then I'll have, I've done it. And he does. Not only does he go in and do exactly what he says he was going to do. He's not, it's not that he's not trying to beat him, but that wasn't the goal. The goal was take it to the end. He also gets a split decision, which means that he could have theoretically won had any of the other judges agreed. Enough of them agreed that he gave up the better fight. Um, but the most poignant moment of all that coming off of, you know, he comes in and sees that the trunks are wrong, which by the way was an art department mistake, which I think is great. They, they painted the wrong color, you know, red with white instead of white with red uh, on the thing. And so Sly turned it into a, a scene. It was like, no, it'll be great. They're not taking me seriously. Same with the, the robe when he says, you know, Oh, uh, you think this looks a little too big on me? They made it too big by accident. But again, they're not taking him seriously. It turns into a great thing for the movie. Um, he doesn't care. He doesn't care about wins. He he and Creed have had that one little moment where they're you know embracing at the end where they say no rematches. Like promise, we're not going to do this again. Um, which they did it, just, directly in the which, sequel, right? Which they did, which undermines that a little bit. I want to see how that plays out because um, I again I haven't seen that myself yet. But the moment of him just I know now why it's such a, a powerful moment and why it gets shown in all these you know uh, montages of famous moments in in cinema. Um, the Adrian, the moment of him just calling for Adrian, yeah. like it gets memed to death. Because that's what he cares about. Yeah. You know, is the way he says it. All he cares about. She's yeah. actively calling for him. Paulie gets a little bit of redemption, you know, distracting the cops so she can get in the ring with him. Um, 
he doesn't care about having won a fight. He proved to himself that he could go the distance. And more importantly to him at that moment, he proved it to her. Yeah. And, and that's just, Oh God, that just hits you right where I mean, Sarah told me afterward. Uh, she's like, I have, I've laid in bed with you before when you've been, you know, upset about something. And I've seen that look on your face. It's hard to watch that scene. I've seen that moment of just like, I don't know if I can do this. I I'm doubting myself. Uh, and then to see just how happy he is at the end. And, I, and I'm getting a little bit, I'm getting a little bit messed up right now, you know, um, of him just, just saying, you know, I, I did it. I did what I, I needed to do, and I did it for me, and I did it for you. It doesn't matter if I won the match. And the best part is that he doesn't have to say any of that at all. The movie says it without any dialogue to, to make that clear. He's just calling for her and saying, I did it. And well, you know exactly what he means by I did it in that and, moment. And it's realistic, too, because realistically, there is no way, unless it was a fluke, that this small-time boxer would beat the world-class champion right. in Apollo Creed. So they, they did it very realistically. Ending. Yeah. If yes. they, if, and I've said this for years. I've said this for years. If Rocky had beaten Apollo in the main of this movie, it wouldn't have been as good. It would have yeah. had the punch. Because People wouldn't have, been, would have cared much, as much no, about it. Because then it's just uh, another film where the guy comes up from nothing and wins. It's the it's the story every story tells of of the unlikely yeah. hero, you know. But in this one, he wins in the sense that he gets the girl. He's he's now. Exactly. I mean, now he's a celebrity. He's a star. Win or lose, he's yeah. made. He doesn't have to win the match to to win the battle. No, and that's why I hate that they made the sequel where he wins because it it does feel yeah. like it undermines it. But if you take this movie in a bubble. It's perfect. It's a perfect ending. Sorry, and, I keep taking a review. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. You you actually you just segue perfectly into it. That's why I'm going to give it uh, surprising to me too. Two thumbs up. This Hunter's is a movie just turning I would into watch an again. old Safi is what he's doing. Dude, I'm telling you, I I I legitimately when this movie ended, I went. I would watch this again. I would sit down. I I don't plan on making it part of my regular rotation or like, oh, I'm going to watch it every January or something. But uh, if I was put in front of this movie and it was on, I would sit down and watch it beginning to end with no phone near me or anything, no distractors needed. I want to see and hear everything that needs to be said. I want to hear all of that passion in his voice when he's just shouting as Burgess Meredith is leaving his house and and you know Mickey that shot of him walking down the road and and Sloan finally stops yelling. And just comes out and embraces him uh every bit of the ice rink scene with adrian is so awkward and i'm watching i'm going oh my god this guy he's a he's a real guy the only thing he knows to do is use his little charm a little schmooze to get her 10 minutes on the ice because she wants when he's trying to get her into his house he's just like come on in come on hey come on come on come on come on on in come on in it's just and and the whole time that they're on the ice, all he does is talk about him boxing because he doesn't know what the hell else to do with himself. Yeah, um, it's it's endearing. It's again, we I feel like sometimes we maybe overuse the word charming, but I think that's the best word to describe. It is yeah. what's happening in this in this movie. And I, I again, I would watch it again uh, without a, a second thought about it. It's one of those movies that I'm now very glad that I, I made the time to sit down uh, and watch. And I understand completely why it's a classic. I get it. Hunter and I, I was, we, we, I was Frank at the end of that, that sunny episode. I get it. <laughs> we generally agree on films. And for the most part, we do. We, 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 yeah. we splinter on some things like the, I don't, I can't explain it to you and I'm not going to try to explain it to you. I'm not, but the way you describe how you feel about this movie is somehow yep. similar to the way I feel when watching something like gremlins. And I can't explain it to you. Yeah. Because they're completely different films. This one is, this was obviously way more realistic. The Gremlins is not, but there's (laughs) just the admiration. I can't explain why, but I also, to me, this is why I like doing this show more than probably any show that we do. 
is because <laughs> movies have this way of reaching into you and 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 grasping something inside of you that no other art can. I love video games, of course I do. I own a video game sure. store. I love wrestling, of course I do. I wrestle. Um, but but, there's a reason you're going to start selling movies in that store too. Yes, <laughs> yes, and it's it's because movies just they do that, man. It's a magic that you can't get anywhere else. It's why I yeah. love cinema, whether it's bad cinema like you know yep. Ghostbusters 2016 or good cinema like Ghostbusters from the 80s. It's uh, <laughs> movies are great. I I absolutely fucking love them. I can't I can't explain why. It's just a feeling, and you you described yeah. it perfectly talking about this movie. It, it's it's yeah. that 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 joy that spark then only movies can do that not even tv shows i love tv too no i don't anyway so <laughs> you love tv anywhere near as much as i do i watch a lot more tv than you do yeah, and I definitely don't get me don't wrong watch there's definitely been there's definitely been some tv i've watched that has gotten to me but i don't oh, think there's ever sure. been anything that has affected me the way that like one really solid movie would or even even a solid scene in a good movie like uh, uh guardians right. of the galaxy 2 I like the Guardians yep. films. I don't like them as much as you, obviously. But the the scene with Yondu and that whole thing, like it just, you know, it I I cried a little bit during the film. They they, <laughs> they have this magic. If my camera was a little well, it is mobile, I'd have to take it off. But when you said that about, you know, I don't like them as much as you, obviously. I was gonna pan over to the three like Guardians Legos I have yes. sitting with my Thanos gone yes. and go, Are you sure about hey, what what makes you think I obviously love these movies? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the ending to this film, uh, the fight uh, as written out, I'm going to try to do this more of, of reading out this. Uh, the fight goes on for the full 15 rounds, both combatants sustaining various injuries. Rocky, with hits to the head and swollen eyes, requires his right eyelid to be cut to restore his vision, which is something that happens in boxing quite a bit. While yep. Apollo, with internal bleeding and a broken rib, less so, struggles to breathe. <laughs> as the fight concludes, Creed's superior skill is countered by Rocky's uh, apparently unlimited ability to absorb punches and his dogged refusal to go down. As the final bell sounds, with both fighters embracing each other, they promise each other there will be no rematch. The fight is extremely well received by the sportscasters and the audience. Rocky calls out repeatedly for Adrian and runs down as Polly, as you just said earlier, distracts security to help her get in the ring. As Jurgen declares Creed the winner by virtue of a split decision, Rocky and Adrian embrace, profess their love for each other, not caring about the outcome of the fight. Perfect ending. I hate yeah. that they have to make sequels, even though I do like sequels. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Um, yeah. Very powerful ending, and everything clicked on, on all the right levels. So what do you do as as an epilogue because to me the most the epilogue is boring i i happily ever after right right it's, it's it has the to basic be. like they go on they live together rocky it, it kind of gets glossed over but it's mentioned earlier rocky gets one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for that fight yeah. It doesn't matter that whether he wins or loses, they're paying him $150,000 to fight. If he wins, of course, he's also the world heavyweight champion, which is a whole other thing. Um, he doesn't, he still gets paid that much. So the, the, like you said, kind of boring is the negative connotation, but the kind of placid ending is basically just he and Adrian stay together. They get married, they take their money. And he hopefully at this point either retires from boxing or maybe, you know, fixes up Mickey's gym and, and uh, becomes a, a trainer and yeah. helps run it and that kind right. of thing. Cause he's, he's had his, his run through that. He finally accomplished what he wanted to do. Uh, they have kids or they don't, whatever they want to do. They keep buckets around and he has puppies, whatever. Um, I'll tell you and, what and they don't do kind of their, their is the, is the sequels. <laughs> None of them. Just, just where Rocky uh, just in, keeps coming back and winning the big match. In a 
in in that sort of like nice little again placid happily ever after ending i would still like the like he and creed legitimately become friends i think Creed realizes would. there's more to life than than yeah which my understanding of what happens in the sequel he realizes there's more to it than just money i gotta take people seriously you know boxing is is a is a thing that's not just driven by funding and all that um so that that'd be great uh i do however and this isn't really an epilogue i guess this is a kind of a i do this sometimes where it's kind of an alternate history um i have an idea for for something that i think is is kind of uh intriguing and this is is not fully out of my head um this is based on what i understand was so stallone wrote this script in three and a half days like he wrote it top to bottom three and a half days after he saw that uh, Muhammad Ali fight. Uh, and at one point in time, one of the the versions that he contemplated, and I think they even considered shooting this and decided not to. Uh, the biggest change is that in the end, Rocky throws the fight with Creed. It still goes like deep into it, but instead of going the full 15 rounds, I think it's somewhere around round 13 or 14 when he's in really, really bad shape. He looks out, he sees Adrian, she's upset because they have that shot of her being upset watching him fight from the entryway. Um, he throws the fight. He goes down. He loses. Uh, and in the aftermath, he tells only... They, they don't end the movie in the, the arena there. Um, they end it later. I think he's in the hospital or something like that. And and uh, he tells her as they're talking about what happened that he he threw it because in that moment he realized that wasn't what was important to him, that she was, that he didn't want to live this life of, he's, he's looking around it. They had these uh, shots in mind of, you know, you see Burgess Meredith as, as Mickey and Mickey gives that impassioned plea early on of look what I looked like 50 years ago. You know, this is who I was and who you could have been and all that. He's like, I don't want to be that bitter old guy. I don't want to be Apollo Creed who has lost the understanding of what this is supposed to be about. That it's supposed to be about being the better man and taking people seriously and not just money and 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 you know commercials and all that um and so he that's his moment of realization i gotta get out of this yeah. and i don't even want to continue doing it now so he takes a dive basically he allows himself to get hit he goes down he stays down and then they kind of quietly live their lives um i think that that version of the ending is good and bad in in both ways if you take that because the epilogue then becomes what I just described, the placid happily ever after thing. Rocky lost the fight, but he still gets paid. He leaves boxing behind. Maybe in this version, he doesn't fix up, fix up Mickey's gym. Maybe he tosses him some money to do it himself, but he and Adrian go do anything else, anywhere else. And Rocky's two through 17 never happen. Um, the only problem with it, and the thing I don't like about it as much, is that the former is just generally a happier ending. The realization is that I'll take this out as long as I can. I'll accomplish the thing that I said I was going to do. And then it doesn't matter if I win or lose. Whereas in the, the alternate version, it almost matters more that he does lose. Like I need to lose to get this out of my system. I need to no longer be in this, this system. It's a more cynical kind of downcast ending. Um, but I don't hate it. I don't yeah. hate it as a, as a as a thought exercise of like, yeah, but what if he was that guy? I think that's a smarter Rocky than we than we were shown, and that's also why it kind of doesn't work. It's not just a less like you know good ending for an audience. Uh, this is obviously the more feel good version that we got, even though he loses the fight technically. Uh, but I do think it's a more it, it's maybe too intelligent for the movie that we've been shown up to that point. It's maybe too kind of an audience who sees the movie we got with that ending I described might go, well, that was kind of up its own ass. That was right? out like, of nowhere. Little, yeah. Um, it's the art house. Ending. And, <laughs> yeah. I, and again, I like it. I up don't its hate own ass. it. I like that term. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, 
I think here, here's probably the best version of that. That's the novelization, right? When the novelization changes the movie a little bit, that's yeah. the novelization of this. Right. Um, so it might not really be an epilogue. I think it creates an interesting epilogue, but that's maybe the most I think I can do with the ending of this movie because, of course, we have an established ending, and it's not just one sequel. It's 14 of them, yeah. seemingly. Um, one, so, yeah, uh, that's, including that's what I got. when he fights real-life boxer Antonio uh, Tarver, I think, in Rocky Balboa, and he plays a guy named Mason the Line Dixon. Oh my God! His oh, name that is reminds me, Mason Dixon. <laughs> well, we were talking about the other, the other Rockies. So off the top of my head, I knew. Okay, you know, it's it's Apollo Creed in one and two. It's Clubber Clubber Lang. Lang and and Thunderlips in three. It's Ivan Drago in four. But I could not figure out who it was in five. Do you know? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, in five, I looked it up. The actor or the actual, like the person he's fighting. It's kind of both, actually. So the guy he's fighting was a former real life boxer, and I forget what his real name is. It's Tom or Tommy something. In the movie, his name is Tommy Gun, and his nickname is the Machine. So he's Tommy the Machine, Machine Gun. Gun. Yeah, and evidently the plot center because I had never even looked into it because I heard how bad it was. The plot centers around pretty much this guy is the new Rocky. He's an underdog. He's coming up through the ranks. Rocky trains him, and then he kind of usurps him, uh, and so Rocky has to kind of prove that he's he's still got it. He's he can st- come back. He still got it, Rock. You yeah. gotta eat lightning and crap thunder, you bum. I'm I'm looking it up now. Uh, oh, Tommy Morrison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen him box. Yeah, yeah. Tommy Morrison. There you go. Yeah, yep. he's uh, he's he's a good boxer, but he's uh, he's no Tommy Gun. <laughs> <laughs> the mis- the machine. Oh, gun. Tommy the machine gun. I wish they'd stop making films at this point. <laughs> Just in general, just or Rocky in general. No, everything good that could ever have been done <laughs> is done. You just go to Hollywood and go look. We all get it. Yeah. Okay. Shut it down. You've done what you can do. It was fun while it lasted. It's over. Now the AI it's is going to make the films. Anyway, <laughs> you just come out like Ferris Bueller at the end of his movie. Like, what? Why are you You're still, still here? here? Yeah. It's over. Go home. <laughs> and speaking of which, it's over. Go home. It is. Theaters closed for this week. But next week, we'll be back with an all-new film that we haven't seen. A new film. We don't know what it is. We don't know who's going to be there. We have uh, not decided what that will be. So we have three more Wednesdays in January. Um and again, the only rule that we're trying to play by this month is that it's it's got to be something major that at least one of us hasn't seen. Well, uh, something any- major except for fatal faithful findings. I, I mean, that's that pretty movie. major in our group. That's I mean, <laughs> true. We can always do. Is there anything? Uh, Derek Savage could do Cool Cat. I I promised I would. I don't think I could do it in January. You can't man. do it in I, the I same think... month that you watch Neil. I, I don't think it's impossible. <laughs> I'm not strong enough. Let's um, let's aim for a horror film next week. Let me let me put. Well, one I was going to ask you. Yeah, is there something off the top of your head that you so, just are like, I can't believe I've never seen that? I'll tell you one that I haven't seen that I. So my ex girlfriend and I had rented it and kept it a week past the due date, and I st- <laughs> and we still never watched it. This was during my decline, my mental and emotional decline, where she kept yeah. asking like, "Hey, do you want to watch it?" And I'd be like, "No, nah, I don't want to watch that." And that was Midsummer. <laughs> I've actually never seen Midsummer. Oh, okay. 
So. I have, but I'm not opposed to to making that what we do next. I I will sit and watch it again for the sake of. of but like the I show. said, let me let me look up stuff. I want to try to find one that okay. neither of us have watched because I want us to okay. both come in with fresh fresh eyes. So let me yeah. let me let me see. We'll we'll put our heads together and figure it out. But that's like that, it. that's it for this week. We will be back tomorrow with yeah. an all new After Dark with Lindsay and uh, myself and Hunter and, and Jesse and Shelby. Yeah. And you never know who's going to stop by. And then this, this Friday is Horse Time. It's the last non-live Facebook edition of Horse Time because Kaz won't be there. And right. I, don't, I don't want to do it without him. So yeah, but we'll, do some, we'll do some fun this weekend. So And hey, yeah. a quick plug. If you're in the area, if you're, if you're a wrestling fan, this Saturday, Perryville Park Center in uh, Hunter's hometown of Perryville, Missouri, it's going to be right. CCW One Night Riot. And it's going to be a great show. Tickets still available. Check out uh, Facebook.com. Look up Cape Championship Wrestling. Uh, front row is sold out. Second row is almost sold out. But you can still get some good third row and bleacher seats. That's this weekend. Cheap plug because I own it. All right. That's it. That's it. <laughs> we'll see you guys tomorrow on an all-new After Dark. Until then, like I said, theater's closed. Take care of yourselves, Hunter. Take us out. Hey, have you met my boys, Cuff and Link?